0: give you all the praise and all the glory in the powerful name of Jesus and everyone said amen, amen and amen the book of first Samuel chapter 14 now one day Jonathan said to his armor bearer come on let's go over where the Philistines are at their outposts but Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing I'm gonna skip on to verse three now it says this, that uh, no one realized what Jonathan, that Jonathan had left Is- the Israelites' camp. To reach the, the Philistines' outposts, Jonathan had to go down between two rock cliffs that were called Bozes and Shenah, the cliffs on the north in front of Michmash and one on the south in front of Geba. Let's go across to the outposts of these pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps, just maybe, the Lord will help us. For nothing can hinder the Lord. He could win a battle whether he has many warriors or just a few. Come on, y'all didn't hear that? There you go. He could win a battle whether he has many warriors or just a few. And this dude replies do what you think is best. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then, Jonathan told him, we're going to cross over and we're going to let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we'll stop and we will not go up up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we're going to go up and we will know and we'll be with the Lord. It'll be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. So when they came out, when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews, they're crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we're going to teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both their hands and their feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer. And the armor-bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly, panic broke out in all of the Philistine's army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and the raiding parties. And just then, the earth, it just started shaking. Come on, there was an earthquake, and everyone was terrified. Now, the story goes on. This is happening, and Saul and the rest of the army kind of catch drift. God's up to doing something, and there's this confusion in the camp, and it says this in verse 20. There was confusion everywhere Uh, in verse 21. Even the Hebrews, who had previously gone over to the Philistine army, they revolted, and they joined in with Saul and Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites, Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim, they joined in in the, in the chase and they saw the Philist- as they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth-Avin. Now it goes on, and you can just imagine the scene, this battle is happening, the, the earth has shaken, there's this earthquake, and now they're attacking the Philistine army, and uh, Saul begins to see, oh, we got a little bit of a momentum here. Things are going good. And he makes this vow. It's like a curse on any man who eats anything this day before I'm done slaughtering my enemies. And so you have the Israelites, they're, they're beating the Philistines, but every one of these guys are getting really hungry. Nobody wants to eat a thing. They're even in this forest where there's this honey on the ground, but no one dare touch the honey because of what Saul had said. We'll get to that in a moment. Now, it opens up, and, and I love the way it opens up as just, you know, one day... So you, here you have uh, the Israelite army, and they're surrounded by the Philistines. So there's an army, and, and it says in this army there's so many men. It's like the, the sand on the seashores. So they're outnumbered big time. Uh, so they're in this place, the, the Israelites, they had men hiding in caves and, and behind rocks, and, they, and they, some of them have fleed and gone to the other side, and all of this is happening because it looks like it's imminent doom, like there's no way that we could beat this army. And then just, just one day, Jonathan just decides, enough's enough. One day he decides, you know what, listen, I got this dude right here with me, he's got my back, and, and we're going to go and we're going to attack this outpost, There's some guys over there. We're not just going to sit around anymore. We're going to do something. We're going to attack these guys. Are you with me? And his armor bearer is like, bro, whatever you think is best. Don't you just love friends like this? These are like ride or die friends. These are like, you ain't even got to tell me what we're going to do. You call me, I'm there. Come on, Kenneth Powell. Ride or die, baby, what you need. I'm there for you. Just come on. We don't even got to tell. We're probably going to die because there's just two of us. There's a big old army. But whatever you think is best, I got your back. I, mean, I just, I just love, I love, well, you don't even know his name. I love they just call him Armor Bearer. Like he's that dude that like we don't know who you are, but man, we sure do love you. you, you I found like there's like there's just a, a couple people in your life of relationships that you'll have like this. Like, there are very few and far between. Some of those relationships that, hey, hey, what are you doing? Whatever you're doing, I'm doing it with you. Oh, you're retiring to the beach? I'm retiring to the beach, too. Come on, there's a few of y'all in this room. Why are y'all here? Because your best friend was here. You know what I'm saying? That's how you got here. You had some family that you actually like that are here? You know what I'm saying? And they, uh, whatever it is. Oh, you're starting a business? I'm starting it with you. How much money you need? Just some of those people, some of those friends. I just, just, just love it. It doesn't matter what we're getting into, but we're getting into it together. And then I love the language of, of what Jonathan says here. He says, perhaps the Lord will help us. I mean, I don't know. I, I love reading the Bible because the Bible is real. Sometimes you come to church or you get around people that are just like super Christians, you know, and they just don't talk real anymore. Like this dude is like, maybe God will help us. And you look like you see this time and time again, like you see it in the scriptures, you see it with Paul, like it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> like maybe, I think, maybe God will show up. I just, I just love this because there's this reality of like God could do something or we might die. We could get crushed, perhaps, maybe, seems. See, we live in this world where we love certainty, right? We want everything to be certain. We want to, like, no, no, God is going to do this, and this is what's going to happen. And, and the fact is, like, you have all of these great men and women of the Bible, and they give us this language that tells us, like, no, 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 like, what God really wants is faith. God really wants faith to know that, yeah, I'm going to step out and do this and just, just make, see, faith Faith is that wild card. Faith is that thing that that... It just shouldn't be, but it is. Faith is like why the bumblebee flies. You know what I'm saying? Those little wings are just too small. It's, it's scientifically impossible for that bumblebee to get off the ground, but he just, nobody asked him. He just starts flying. Faith is that I shouldn't have got the promotion. I ain't that good. But somehow, that's some faith and some grace all mixed in there. Faith, faith is the fact that that tomb should have been sealed. But faith is, no, 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 it's empty. And it was stone was rolled away. Faith is, I, I don't know, I was, I was expecting everything to go. I was bringing all of these spices, all these herbs. I was going because I was expecting a body in a tomb. But man, no, no, something else that shouldn't have been, but it is. Resurrection. This, this, this faith, even on the words of Jesus, a people of faith, no matter what direction. See, I, I think that. We, are, we have faith, it's just a matter of where it's pointed. Oftentimes it could be pointed at God, it could be pointed at your bank account, it could be pointed at your skills and your talents, it could just be pointed at you. The faith that you have in you, that you can take care of it. And I love how Jonathan's, listen, he could win this battle, whether there's many warriors or just a few. He's pointing out, listen, I have this faith, But this faith that I have isn't rooted in me. It's not rooted in my ability. It's the fact that we serve a God. It doesn't matter if there's a lot of us or just a few of us. It doesn't look like there's intimate destruction or intimate danger. Like, God can do this thing even with just a few of us. This peace in your soul that knows even if we don't make it, God is going to do something. See, we have a tendency to become dependent on whatever works. If there's something in your life that works for you, you will find yourself becoming dependent on that thing that works. Your car, we've, we've become dependent on vehicles for transportation. And the second that car breaks down, we feel like we don't have legs anymore. You can't walk nowhere because we've become dependent on our car, we've become dependent on Walmart and Amazon. No Walmart, no Amazon, half of us starve to death. You know, I do. You know, you know it. Well, plant a garden. I can't. we can going to get some nice flowers and be hungry with those flowers. But anyway, we become dependent on works. We become dependent on our talent, our ability, our skill. And if it worked in the past, it'll work again. But what if we started becoming dependent on God? Because we have a God. Listen, and that's how faith works. And God, when you, oh, I could see that you've come through for me time and time again. So we serve a God that whether we have Many or whether we have few, man, he he just has a way of working all things for the good of those who believe him, to be a people of faith, to not put our hope in all of those other things, because all of those other things are an illusion. That car will break down on you. That account will go empty. All of those things will happen. No, our hope comes from the Lord. So here you have this man of faith. And then he goes on to tell his armor bearer about his great plan. This is the worst military plan ever. This is the absolute worst plan you could tell someone. Listen, we're outnumbered. Well, listen, there, there's these cliffs over there. They've got the high ground. We've got the low. Everyone knows military strategy 101. High ground, good. Low ground, bad. Listen, and then we're going to do this. We're going to step out, and we're going to let them see us. No, you sneak up on these brothers. We wait till night when no one can see us, and we get them while they're sleeping, because that's the only chance we got. And no, 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 we're going to step out. And we're going to step down, and the face of these two, there's the north face and the south face and all these cliffs, and we're right there, and they're going to see us. We're not even going to try and be sneaky. And then he says this, when they see us, if they say, come up here, we're going to kill you, that's, that's how we know that God's with us. What? No! No, Jonathan! No, if they come down to you, if God makes it really, really easy for them, for for you to kill them, then you know that God's with you. And you're like, no, that's not what we're going to do. See, Jonathan has this attitude of like, the harder it is, then we know God is doing something. Now, what does that do to your theology? What does that do to your prayer life? See, I don't know about you, but most of my prayers revolve around this idea, God, if you just make everything easy, then I know that you're in it. God, if you'll just destroy all my enemies, if you'll make everything where I could just step into it, then I know that that you're going to come through for us. And Jonathan prays the complete opposite. Man, if they call us up, and to this place where I've got to use my hands and my feet to crawl to this place, then I know God's going to save us. Man, it's just the complete opposite of what we're taught. It's the complete opposite. Of, no, no, no. If it's easy, then God is in it because we want easy Jesus. Remember that commercial? There was that button. It was like, boom, that was easy. We want Jesus to be like that. Oh, it's just easy Jesus. I mean, that's, that's what even they were looking for in the New Testament. We want a savior. We want a king. We want you to come back. We want you to destroy uh, the Roman control. We want you to take over, and, and then the kingdom be established this way. Nah, I'm not going to do it that way. We want things easy. We want things. Like, like, if you want to become a millionaire, just invent something that makes life easier for people. Just, just anything. Like, you know, Apple computers. We're just going to make it easy. Windows computers, we're just going to make it extremely hard. We are going to make it so absolute, Control-Alt-Delete, and your computer will, you know? Like, we're drawn towards easy. And Jonathan's like, no, if my computer crashes three times, then I know God's for me. Like, there's this moment, and I almost just fell off that stage. <laughs> I tried to play it off, but I couldn't. <laughs> There's this moment, like, just come on, where is your faith? Where is your faith? So they go into this fight, and they kill 20 men. And and I love the fact that it says, everyone that came up behind him, his armor bearer killed. Everyone that came up behind him, his armor bearer killed. See, there is a danger in going alone. And whether you realize it or not, no matter how much faith you have you also have a blind spot. You have a blind spot in your life that you can't see. And you need people in your life that's got your back. You need people in your life that say, hold up, I know everyone else thinks you're the man, but hold on, there's a blind spot, there's some pride, there's some arrogance there, there's something in your life, and, 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 I, and I got your back, and I love you enough to tell you this. See, we get out there and we get on, our, on ourselves, we get on our own, and man, it's just a matter of time, before the thing that we didn't see coming gets us. Jonathan, just full of faith, but I guarantee you he has a blind spot. And so the war is going on, and he's killed these 20 guys in this small patch of dirt. And it says this, three things happen. Uh, there, there's this panic, and there's this confusion in the Philistine army, and they turned on themselves. The Philistines are now turning on themselves fighting against themselves, the Hebrews that once sold out Israel have come out, they're fighting now with Israel, and all the men that were hiding in caves came out to join the battle. And when I read this for the first time, I just felt like this was such a prophetic word for today. And if you don't get anything from this sermon, I want you to catch these next three things. And I want you to take them home, and I just want you to pray about them, okay? Just pray about them. The first thing is this. There's some people in the room that I think that you feel like there's no way you could win this battle. Maybe you're going through some things. You've been around, you've taken trips around whatever mountain it is for years and years, and you just feel like there's no way you're going to win. But God can do something that causes the enemy to implode on itself. And it has nothing to do with your strength. God can do something that could cause confusion in the camp of the enemy and cause everything that you were worried about to just... They'll, 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 they'll kill themselves. And, and here's the thing, though. But the same way is true of our life. So, so we could be a people that move in faith and belief, or we could be a people that move in this panic and confusion. And when you begin to move in con- panic and confusion you'll end up turning on your own brothers and sisters. When you live this life of just anxious and panic and confusion, you'll end up killing people that were on your side all along. Hear that word. Take it. Think about it. Pray about it. The second thing was this. There was those that had sold Israel out. There was men and women that were, were once a part of Israel. When they saw what was against them, They left. And they were part of the Philistine army. And it says that they came back. And I'm here to tell you, church, there's some people that over the course of your life have stabbed you in the back. There's some people that may have even left the Christian faith. There are people that have caused great harm. But you know what? When God moves, he's bringing them back. He's bringing them back into the house. And you know what? They are welcome here. God welcomes the prodigal and the Pharisee. It's the younger brother and the older brother. And they're welcomed with forgiveness. There's some people in your life, they've hurt you, they've caused you pain, and God's bringing them back to the house of God. And you have a choice to make. You could either hold on to that bitterness and that pain, where you can welcome him in with forgiveness and realize, you know what? I've sold out Jesus too. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. The third thing is this. It says, even the soldiers that didn't sell, there was all these other soldiers that were hiding in caves. And when they saw all of this happen, they stepped out. I think that there's just, there's so many kind of undercover Christians right now maybe even some of us that we're just, we're just hiding in caves and where there's this fear about standing up for your faith. And I just think that it's time that we step out and let them see us. I think it's time that we step out and say, you know what? This is what I believe and this is what I stand for. And I know it may go against the cultural grain. It may go against of what everything's happening in the media or this or that. But you know what? I'm just I'm standing. I'm believing in the word. This is who I am, so I've just drawn a line, and it's just time that they, we, they see us. And, and I'm not talking about, like, they see us in this, like, super weird Christian way. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about the dude on the street corner with the blow horn telling everybody they're going to hell. Like, if that's you and that's your thing, like, you do you, you know? But I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm talking about. Those times where you, 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 you shrink back from your faith. Because you're afraid. Because I, I don't know, like, Apostle says, I will not be ashamed of the gospel. I will not be ashamed of the gospel. It's kind of like, I've, I've had those moments on airplanes where it's like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I help people. You know? Like, no, 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 like, no. I'm a pastor and I believe in Jesus and I believe he's the hope of the world. It's time that we step out. And we let them see us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. It's time, kind of like Rosa Parks. You know what? I ain't giving up this seat again. I've moved for too long. Not today. One day, but not today. And that's how this, that's how the scripture starts. One day. And this one day. There's nothing special about that day. The sun wasn't especially bright. Things weren't especially in, in Jonathan's favor. But it was just one day where I've just had enough. And everyone else can sit over there. My father and these other 600 men, they can sit over there. But you know what? Me and my armor bearer, we're going to do something. We're going to this outpost. I've just had enough. Enough is enough. Step out and let them see us. And he does this. And I just think, I think it starts with one. It just starts with one. Not today. But here's the thing about the one: the one is never alone. The one is now. Jonathan had his armor bearer. You know, we think we think you know. Father Abraham and he stepped out and this, like he had Sarah. You know, the Lone Ranger had Tonto. You know what I'm saying? The one is never Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's a Trinity inside of him. Wherever he goes, all three of them are always there. I mean, it's just this idea of, like, we could just do it alone. No, 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 we need each other. We need each other. The one's never alone. And this, this faith, this faith that's no longer confident in our abilities and our work, but a faith that's confident in, well, I, mean, I don't know, but maybe the Lord will show up today. Maybe he'll do something. I just, I just believe him because whether there's uh, just a few of us or whether the army is, the Lord can do something. No matter how hard it gets, let them see us. And I think that's when the earth begins to shake. That's when the revival that you're looking for begins to happen. When you decide, let them see us. We have a young man right now that's in college in Duke. And his parents were just telling me about some of the things that he's having to go for, go, go through with some of the professors. And there was this particular class that they were in. And, and the professor had the students stand face to face. And then they were t- told to yell the F word at each other. I'm like, what class is that, right? You know, where do you get that in economics? But this young man stands up in the classroom and says, I, I can't do that. My faith doesn't let me do that. So here he is in this classroom, in this new sitting, in this new school, and he's this young man coming into his own, learning to have his own faith, not his mama's faith, not his daddy's faith, but his faith. And he has this moment where he can make a stand and say, you know what? Not today. And as soon as he made that stand, there was other kids in the class that said, you know what, we can't do this either. See, so you may think that you're alone. You may think that you're surrounded, but when you step out and you let the world see you, I guarantee you, people start coming out of the caves. People start coming home, but it takes us stepping out. Now, all of this happened in Jonathan uh, kills 20 of these guys. There's this confusion in the camp. All of this is happening. Saul is over there. He sees what's happening. He goes in and he starts making this attack. And then he makes this foolish oath If anybody eats anything, curse on him. This is the absolutely dumbest move that he could do as the king. Because Jonathan even points it out and says, listen, if we would have had got something to eat, because there's honey all over the ground, think of how much more energized we would have been. We would have killed even more of them. But no, you said something stupid, and now look at all this that has happened. We could have totally destroyed them today, but you made this stupid, foolish oath. See, I think sometimes there's things in our lives and we're wondering, God, why and why am I going around this mountain again and again? And I think sometimes it's because of the foolish oaths that we've made in our lives. Your psychiatrist might put it as an inner vow. Something that you said, maybe something even as a small child, I'll never, I'll never be like that. I'll never do that and you created some vow, you spoke out something in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the hurt, in the heat of the pain, that's costing you the battle. You know what they are. Holy Spirit, just right now, bring it to our remembrance. Bring to remembrance those inner vows that we made that are holding us back. See, somebody in the room, you've gotten hurt, and you said, well, I'll never trust a pastor again. There's people online right now. I'll never go to church again. The hurt, the pain. Let me just, let me just clear this up. Everybody has been hurt by the church. Okay? Everybody's, like, everybody, like I will let you down. Every other person, because there's this body of believers. And there's, like, none of us are Jesus. We're all just trying to follow him. And we have these hurt and we've had these pains and so we've made these I'll never statements and we don't realize how much they're holding us back. And I think we, we think that like, well, they were a Saul in my life. Well, have you actually like read David's story too? Because David wasn't much better sometimes. David sends people out, to get killed, he takes wives, he's lying, he's cheating, he's stealing, he's all of these things. But David even says, well, he's a man after God's own heart. See, here we have this moment where Saul is doing this thing because Saul's still trying to prove his kingship. Saul's still trying to prove to his men that he deserves this spot. And so I'll make this statement so that way all of you have to listen to my voice and and it'll just show how powerful I am as your king. Saul's trying to impress people. Let me tell you, one of the worst things that you could do in life is try to impress people. It just makes you look foolish. Like, let's go ahead and just clear the air right now. You're not that impressive. I'm not that impressive. Like, we only think that someone's impressive because we want to measure them up to, like, someone that's not as impressive. But, like, when when I stand beside Jesus, there's only one person that's impressive. There's only one person that can take away the sins of the world. I think about that moment in Revelations where there's all this this earthquake, there's all this talent, there's people worshiping, and then there's this this question, who can open the scroll? Like everyone's in tears because nobody can do it. Wait, hold on. Here's one. But he looks like a lamb that's been slain. He alone is worthy to open the scroll. He alone can do it. He alone is the impressive one. You know what's impressive? What's impressive is that you've made it this far. What's impressive is that, that Randy, you're still here today. Because I've heard some of your stories, bro. Some of the Leonard Skinner late night parties. You know what I'm saying? Me and Randy hung out this week. He was telling me some stories. So y'all are impressed that he can play guitar. I'm impressed that he's still breathing. Like, dude. And that's just as impressive about you. Just as impressive. It's not that I'm so talented. It's that all of heaven is looking down and like, you chose that one out of all of them? Like if you looked at the disciples, it's not exactly the dream team. (laughs) What's impressive is what Jesus does in us and through us of just his grace and his mercy and his love. And he just says, if you'll just be a people of faith, if you'll just be a people of faith, that steps out one day and let them see us. Just a people that says, you know what? As I step out, other people can step into this forgiveness too. Other men and women that have once hurt me, you know what, come on back. Come on back to God's army. You're welcome here. All is forgiven. Let them see us. Let's step out from these rocks and these caves. Let the earthquake once again. I'm asking everyone to stand to their feet. Ask the worship team to come back up. The big difference between Saul and Jonathan, Jonathan's faith was rooted in Christ. Just maybe, because I know this about him: whether there's a few or whether there's many, he can do it. Paul's was Saul was rooted in his insecurity. He wanted to make himself look good. We have that choice, it could either be, we could be a people of faith, or we could be a people that just hold on to our pride. Hold on to, no, no, I'm just, I wanna look impressive to the world. I wanna look impressive to my friends. Man, here's the thing. Jesus is already impressed with you. Jesus thinks the world of you. So much so that he would step out of heaven and into humanity and die for you. And for me, let's pray. One day, one day I'll get my life right. One day I'll turn back to God. Maybe your one day is today. One day I'll get serious about the gospel. One day I'll get serious about my marriage and my kids. One day I'll get serious about my discipleship. You've been waiting for one day. Maybe that one day is today. Maybe it's time you step out. Because as a church, we've got your back. There's some blind spots in your life. There's some things you don't see. We've got your back. God's gonna do the work.